0: Hunter Yurichek. Good morning, Hunter. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Good morning. My pleasure. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, we're doing fantastic. And, you know, I want to start off because this is a question I've always wondered. You just went through a pretty rigorous coaching search. Eric Musselman, the man that you hired to take on the Razorback basketball program. And I know you're really excited about a hire. But after an athletic director goes through all that, what's the after effect? Do you go on vacation? Do you have a drink? Do you just go back to work business as usual? I mean, what do you do after going through a coaching search like that to kind of just decompress everything?
1: Well, it's a tough time of the year to decompress with uh, the spring sports going on, baseball, softball, men's women's tennis, golf, so you just keep plugging ahead, and moving forward. I've got a great staff here that uh, was able to handle things when I was in the middle of that coaching search and I um, really just get reengaged with them and our student athletes and get back to doing what I really enjoy doing, and that's uh, leading this athletic program.
2: what are What are some of the common misconceptions or misperceptions about a coaching search? You're, you're on the inside flying and interviewing coaches and and dealing with what goes on inside the search and then you know fans and media have these these perceptions about what's going on. What do we really get wrong on the outside that's not going on on the inside?
1: Well, you know, I think it's really who is and who is not kind of a, a candidate or, or a person uh, that we're truly interested in. I think it's just the, because of social media now, there's a lot of people that take guesses um, that are re- re- most most of the time outside of the, the media um, and take guesses on what's going on, try to act like they're in the know. And I think that's probably the, the common misconception is um, – who actually was a candidate who actually did we talk to um and how how this process unfolded
0: well hunter when you decided to go with eric musselman obviously you were very confident and very excited about what he could be able to do with the basketball program but what were what were the what was the thing that you loved the most about eric musselman when you saw him and you saw how his teams played and you talked to him you're like this is our guy what was the thing that really stood out to you more than anything
1: it wasn't just one thing, Everything, it started with his energy, it started with his passion, and it started with his desire to want to be our head coach. And that was very, very important to me, uh, somebody that truly wanted to be at the University of Arkansas and truly had a vision for what this uh, basketball program could be. He knew about the history. He knew about our current teams. Um, he constantly told me, that this was one of the top two or three jobs in the Southeastern Conference and a top 20 job nationally, and he was going to make sure it was like that year in and year out. And um, He just had a passion for this place, and um, it just really stood out from the moment I talked to him on the phone, and he reinforced that when I went out and met with him in person. And I just love his energy, and uh, he's a great complement uh, to our team of head coaches that we have assembled here now.
2: You're approaching about a year and a half on the job now. Uh, this seemed like a, a very defining moment. It was your first big hire. Uh, you know, as the search waned on, some fans were starting to to have doubts. But but really, people were trying to figure out your style, what Hunter Juracek is all about. This seemed like a very defining moment for me about who you are as an athletic director, and then followed up by the press conference with Coach Musselman. Did, did it feel like that for you, that this was a uh, kind of an initial defining moment for who you are as an AD at the University of Arkansas?
1: You know, that that's hard to say. If, I mean, it was a significant hire because basketball, men's basketball, is a significant sport here at the University of Arkansas. It's uh, one of our two major revenue drivers, and we need that revenue to help feed our other 17 sports. Um, so it's significant in that exchange. I, I'm going through – uh, a search for a gymnastics coach right now, and I don't think that's any, you know, really less significant. I've got 15 student-athletes, just like I had 15 student-athletes on the men's basketball side uh, that are, are, you know, sitting on pins and needles wanting to know what direction we're going to head. So I don't know if it was necessarily a defining moment. Um, it, it was an important, important moment. Um, I, I hope that I have more defining moments as, as we move forward and, uh, with this.
0: Now, Hunter, uh, something we've discussed on the show is you have a new basketball coach in Eric Musselman. You still have Chad Morris, who's a relatively new coach uh, to the University of Arkansas. Dave Van Horn's got a lot of great things going. you got Mike Neighbors, you got a lot of other coaches that are doing a lot of great things at the U of A. So what's the next step for the athletic department? What's the focus going to be on? Because it seems like the coaches are all set, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. So for you and your athletic department, what's kind of going to be the next main focus for
1: you? Sure. We we do have great coaches. And and from from football um, through tennis uh, we've really have a great complement of coaches that complement each other very, very well and feed off of each other. And now it's my role to work with our team to provide our coaches and our student athletes with the tools that they need to be successful year in and year out. And that's you know we've got a 20 million dollar baseball clubhouse project that we're in the middle of the design process on. We've got a $10 million dollar track and field. Clubhouse project that we're in the design phase on. We've got a major renovation to the indoor track and field in anticipation of ho- hosting the NCAA National Track and Field Championships in, in March of 2021. We're going to do a major renovation to Bud Walton Arena here in the next three to five years um, because that's an important tool for our men's women's basketball program. So now that we have really good coaches, solid coaches assembled in um, a great group of 465 student-athletes is my role now to provide them with the tools that they need to be successful
2: obviously this is an important football season for for financially and win-wise and otherwise for chad morris coming up what um from a fan standpoint this will be your your second season moving into to the newly expanded uh don w reynolds uh, razorback stadium with the north end zone expansion uh you kind of got to see how things were going to flow from a traffic flow standpoint, the traffic inside the stadium. Uh, will there be any changes or anything uh, different or additional this year as uh, as fans kind of think through the spring and into the summer about the upcoming football season? That will be the next the, the next big thing on campus after baseball.
1: Sure. We're going to continue. We're meeting daily to work on how we're going to enhance our fan experience. That was a big and um, last year we created a unit called our Guest Experience Unit because we want to make sure our fans, the minute uh, they pull into a parking lot here on campus for a football game, that they have a great experience uh, regardless of what happens on the field and inside the stadium. That uh, they, they are treated with uh, respect when they pull into the parking lot, that they're entertained um, in their tailgating lots, and that they're entertained inside of our stadium. And, um, you know, this is a key football season for us. I think we have four uh, very winnable non-conference games Um, We think we can find a way to win two or three more games, and if we can get to a bowl game this year, uh, and then we have a robust uh, conference schedule in 2020 uh, where we have four SEC home games for the first time ever um, here at uh, Donald Reynolds Razorback Stadium, and then in 2021, we have the Texas Longhorns coming here as an anchor game. Um, And then we go back in in 2022. So this is a year we're going to be building it. I I know that uh, people have been critical of our home schedule and uh, people are trying to decide, you know, do I really want to retain my season tickets? Well, look, this is a year to retain them because after this year, we've got a schedule that's very significant in 20 and 21 and 22. And if you give them up this year, because you're not excited about this team or not excited about the schedule, um, you're going to be left out in future years. And so, we're trying to create an unbelievable entertainment value for our fans. Chad Morris is going to take care of the product on the field, and this is a season that we're going to be building for the next two to three years.
2: All right, while well, we're tra- talking about tickets, i got to ask you about this ticket scan deal, because every time <laughs> the ticket scan numbers is announced, everybody groans and says, no, there's more people here than that. The media wants to argue about it. What is your take on ticket scan? we got tickets sold, and then ticket scan, then everybody wants to argue about which one's right, and it always seems like everybody thinks it's in the middle. What's your take on the ticket scan deal?
1: Well, you know, it's kind of one of those things. You're damned if you don't, damned if you do. You know, when we weren't (laughs) reporting the the ticket scan number, we are just reporting the ticket sold number. You know, people are critical. There's no way there's that many people here in the stadium. And then now we're reporting what the actual attendance is. And our scanners aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Not everybody's being caught with the scanner. Some people... The scanners may not be working. We're trying to get people in the stadium fast. And so we've got to find a middle ground somewhere. Uh, but uh, so I think the the actual attendance is somewhere between the scan number and the sold number we just all got right. to figure out what that is <laughs>
2: all right good answer that's
0: yeah a good that, answer. that's a fair answer all right another question I have for you Hunter is about the, the what's been in news as far as uh, in the NCAA and in college baseball has been this third assistant paid, uh, paid assistant coach uh, which went to a vote a lot of different schools voted on it unfortunately over the weekend it was shot down I know that Dave Van Horn has some very strong opinions on this matter what is your take on on the third paid assistant coach and the fact that it was shot down over the weekend
1: i'm disappointed um you know i know we're disappointed as a conference we put a great value on baseball um just about every one of our schools in this conference is spending a significant amount of money and investing a significant amount of money on the baseball programs, whether the facilities uh the coaching staff the student athletes and um, you've got a ratio Uh, You know, with your current assistant coaches, that's probably a lot higher than you know the student athlete to coach ratio than than most other sports. And I thought it was a no-brainer. And it's another way to develop a a young assistant coach. Um, You know, volunteer um, coaches—they need to be elevated to um, a full-time coach um, for for baseball. I I was disappointed for our conference this disappointed for college baseball that did that did not happen
2: maybe you can shed some light on this we were discussing earlier that this was this proposal was coupled with not just a baseball third assistant but softball as well we assume that was for title nine reasons or could could this be brought back with just a baseball or do you think the softball third assistant had anything to do with this not passing How, how does that work from a bylaws and and legal standpoint
1: Sure. Yeah, there's absolutely there's a there's a Title IX and gender equity component to this, it being coupled with the softball coach. Those are the two sports uh, that are kind of married together from a Title IX gender equity standpoint, and I'm um, trying to keep you know that the roster sizes aren't the same, um, but you know you still have to have the same opportunities for from from a coaching standpoint in which you invest in those programs, uh, relatively speaking, and so um, you know. But it was just voting to allow. Um, you to hire that softball coach. You did not say you had to hire that softball coach, and that's actually the way the baseball one was presented as well. You know, but not everybody has the same resources. And you know, we got a number of schools around the country with baseball and softball that don't have resources like we have in the Southeastern Conference. And I think that's really what it came down to.
0: Hunter Jurczyk, the Athletic Director of the University of Arkansas. Really appreciate you hopping on with this morning, Hunter. Have a great one, man. Well, I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. And uh, good job on the coaching surgeon. And have yourself a drink after that, my man. <laughs>
1: well, I appreciate you guys having me on, and thank you for your support.